What's cracking, y'all? This is Jordan Curtis with comments from the Peanut Gallery as well as the MMA plug. You can also catch me with DenverSportsBetting.com as well as Mile High Sports. This is time for what I got right and what I got wrong. As always, what I got right and what I got wrong is brought to you by Colorado Native Company. If you have any HVAC needs, make sure that you check out Colorado Native Company. Ask for Robbie, let him know that the Peanut Gallery sent you. So let's take a look into it. Did not post the full pick by picks, but I did try to respond to as many people that were reaching out about the about the overall cards, especially after the uh, after the Denver Sports Betting MMA preview that Ron Kruk and I put out every single week. Had a lot of questions because there were some great odds boost opportunities through some of the different sports books, as well as just some intriguing lines with some of the competitors that were on the card. So we'll, we'll profile some of those that, that stood out as far as, uh, as far as the UFC 253 card went. We're not gonna look at every single matchup as far as this video goes today, or this week, I should say. So just looking at it right off the rip from the beginning, I knew that Danilo Marquez was gonna get it done. I mean, I just knew that that was gonna be a situation against Abraghimov. I mean, that Abraghimov is, is someone who is just shown that he's he's not at that level plain and simple whereas marquez went in there and i mean it's not like that was uh that was any sort of right home to mama sort of fight but you could tell that he was the better fighter within that particular matchup now the one fight that i will say that i was i was very disappointed in and it was one of the only misses that i had on the entire night had all but two fights right on the entire card and I was I was a little bit surprised by what we saw from Alexi Kamur. Like, you know, the, the strong style product, he's one of Stipe's top training partners. He just did not look like his normal self. Usually we see an ultra athletic light heavyweight that's in there with some pretty explosive movement, is able to move laterally with some high efficiency and effectiveness that opens up some alleys for him to throw. Something like that flying knee that we saw him get his UFC opportunity with on the Contender Series last summer. But we just didn't see that at all in this matchup with William Knight. William Knight was able to pretty much just out-muscle him the whole time, hold him in the places that he he wanted to keep him and that was the tale of that tale uh now let's look man diego sanchez like i almost feel bad even tuning in for for a fight at this point you know i i've got a lot of respect for diego but diego got beat up bad you know it, it was it was tough to watch as he got pulled up from just that entire big pool of blood and yeah i mean he didn't give up he showed heart he we know that diego is a warrior but at some point there has to be that conversation that's had in relation to walking away i know it's a tough one especially for someone like dana to have with a guy that dates all the way back to Tough One. We know that the level of love, sentiment, respect, everything that he holds for those guys. But Diego just looks like it's about that time. He's taken a lot of damage. If we look at, once we get to, let's take a look at a couple of the main card fights. Now, you had Hakeem, he, he, definitely won that fight in my opinion i didn't see it as 
a split at all with Zuba. I don't I don't get how you could have saw that fight in Zuba's favor, especially towards the end when you know when you see one guy with relentless pressure and the other guy just keeps on backing out of it. If it's any bit of a close contest, you have to reward the pressure in that regard. And you know, obviously Akeem went viral for him screaming to stop running and fight. Just something that happens. Steals the show. Something that steals the show is Brandon Raw Dog Royval. Brandon Royval is a bona fide superstar in the UFC. Brandon Royval is a future world champion. Last Saturday night at UFC 253, Brandon Royval showed the world what all of us from around the Colorado scene have known for quite some time in that he is the best in the world at that weight class. He is also, in any weight class, one of the most exciting fighters to watch on this planet. There is not another fighter out there in that division that can match his pace. There's going to be a lot of guys who find trouble with his reach and with his length. And his jiu-jitsu, forget about it. You saw the way that he was able to just transition from attack to attack and be able to keep Kaikara France on the defense the entire time. He went in there and aside from the big opening drop, which then he was able to get creative and throw the spinning back elbow off of, Brandon spent the entirety of that fight until he produced that guillotine finish in the second round. He walked Kai Kara France down. And Kai is a quality opponent. There's a reason why Kai was ranked so high in the top 10. Brandon is just that damn good. Plain and simple. He is a future world champion. Moving along to the co-main event, Polish power is real. I was shocked at how effective that brute force was against a guy like Dom. I will be the first one to admit, I was not anticipating the way that Dom came out there and looked against Jan. That was the other fight of the night that I missed. I thought that Dom Reyes was gonna come away as the new light heavyweight champion. Didn't, didn't play out that way and in all seriousness, and this is no slight or no disrespect to Dom, because if you watch the preview, you heard how high I am on Dom overall as an athlete and as a fighter. He looked flat. There was, there was just not that same sort of, I don't even know what the right word is, the, the energy, the whatever you want to call it, that you saw going out there and leaving it all in the cage against John Jones. You see... Bohovich ripped those kicks to the body and do the damage that he did. I mean, the the visible bruising, the, the damage that was done to Reyes' body was something very serious. And that has to affect everything all the way down to simple breathing at that point when your ribs are that beat up. Once you get to the second round, then it just became a boxing clinic on the side of things for, for Jan and he was he was found in his finding his mark with with power punches pretty often and unfortunately Dom's nose was broken which just adds to the cumulative damage factor and then you see the very first Polish male UFC champion. Obviously Joanna 
is the very first Polish champion overall, but we saw the reception that Jan received at the airport from all of his Polish fans, and there was also a strong message of support from Joanna, who was actually working the booth for the UFC Poland affiliate out there during the contest. The main event, what can you say about the last Stylebender? He is the real deal. You know, he's not the next Anderson Silva, he is the first Stylebender. His run with his resume that he's had right now so far with the names that are on it is unprecedented. It's unparalleled within the division. Yes, I get it that in terms of the overall longevity of his streak that he still has a ways to go before he completely eclipses Anderson, but when we take a look at some of the competition that he's faced already at this point, he's well on the way. Especially when you take into account in the time span that he's done it. Folks, he barely got to the UFC in 2018. That is less than two years, less, less than two and a half years that he has been able to stay undefeated, go on an incredible run to earn a title shot, and then now, including the interim belt, that's four title fights. That is incredible. And also to really and truly only have one dud of a fight. Yeah, the, Yo the Yoel fight sucked. But that was also the smartest fight that Israel could have fought, which leads to my take on that particular situation in that he is on a different level from some of the other champions that, that we've seen out there, or that's why he's on a different level from a guy like a Paulo Costa who he destroyed and dominated the other night is because he's a smart fighter. His fight IQ is top-notch, and he is arguably the most talented striker that has ever set foot in the UFC octagon. You look at his precision. He's not, Yeah, he doesn't have that one-shot, one-kill sort of knockout power that you see from your Francis Ngannou's or guys that are just gonna be pure knockout artists. No, but his length is a problem. Paulo Costa had to overcome a six inch reach difference, which every time that he tried to come in for something, he's wearing a couple. And then not to mention the leg kicks that were coming into play, the kicking talent and ability, as Israel made it very clear throughout his post-fight interviews, that was his hundredth win in fighting. Hundredth meaning that I was combined from his heralded and highly accoladed kickboxing career in addition to now his undefeated I believe is now 20 20 and 0 MMA record that was something that was masterful that was truly a bull and the matador situation and right away he was really truly able to neutralize the bull because Paolo stopped walking forward after those initial leg kicks and as much as he wanted to say, oh, keep on kicking me, those don't hurt, blah, blah, blah. Those hurt, those, those had a cumulative effect of damage. I don't care what he says, I don't care what his poker face is, those hurt, those did damage. And you saw that by just the overall effect that he was able to have within his punches and how that translated within the fight itself. He was not able to put weight on that lead leg and his inability to switch stances 
also was to his detriment because once that lead leg was getting chopped, he had nothing to pivot to to start going from that southpaw stance to maybe try to mitigate the damage or try to just switch things up so Izzy did not stay in that same fluid flow state rhythm that he had. Israel not only fought with precision, but it also looked like he fought with anger. He looked like someone who was angry in that fight and was willing to take that out on his opponent while not losing all of his control and staying within himself on the aggression side. One thing that does need to be addressed and still waiting for a explanation, whatever you want to call something that is a reasonable causation factor for the way that Israel's pectoral looked. So in most of the combat sports world, what we call that or what we see that is gynecomastia, aka bitch tits. Most of the time you get gyno from off levels within your hormones, which is triggered by Bosch PED usage. Not saying that that is what the situation was for Izzy because there are other multiple causing factors that could come into play. He was on record being, you know, having to be on antibiotics not that long ago as far as his eyes, as far as having a skin infection. That could be something that comes into play. There's also the, uh, the combat sports doctor who has a massive YouTube channel out there who talks through a lot of these medical things that we see in MMA. He put out a statement that said that with it only being one side, that leads him to not necessarily believe that it could be on the PED end of things. He also doesn't believe that it could have been a pectoral tear because he wouldn't have been able to throw punches. However, he said that there can be a uh, basically the, the, the fatty tissue produced from repeated damage to a certain area. Whether or not that is the case, who knows. It is funny that it was only on one side. I've also consulted a former professional bodybuilder as well as performance enhancing drugs expert who, who I know who wishes to remain anonymous and he stated that it does look fishy and at times there's reservation to it from his end as well because it was only the one side because the hormones circulate throughout your entire body. And I'm trying to be careful with my words. If you notice that I'm pausing because I don't want to misspeak and make it seem like I'm speculating or calling Izzy out on being a cheater or anything to that effect because I'm not. We don't have enough information to go on that. All I'm trying to do is best relay the information to you that I have tried to go directly to sources who have a great deal of experience within that particular area. And so they said essentially sometimes that can happen with one side if there's a block to the glands within, uh, within the breast tissue there, but we still just don't know. And when Izzy was pressed and asked about it within the post-fight press conference, he stated, why are you looking at my titties? So we really don't have an answer. I'm gonna be interested to see how everything plays out. I would love for there to be some sort of transparency as the entire testing protocol process goes. Once again, not trying to call Izzy out or say that he's a cheater, but as long as he is clean and clear, then what is the problem with allowing the public to see behind the veil and know that that is absolutely the case 
and that this had to be caused by some factor, some factor otherwise, because obviously that was something that was a big talk of the night. It had Twitter taken by storm. There are memes everywhere out there about it. And it's just, it's noteworthy. It was not there in any of his previous fights. It's just not, not something that's been around. So needs to be addressed, needs to be an explanation. We'll see what they come out for it this week. The UFC will be back with the Holly home against Irena Eldana card out there in Abu Dhabi. We will see you next week for what I got right and what I got wrong. This is Jordan Kurtz with comments from the peanut gallery, as well as the MMA plug, denversportsbetting.com and Mile High Sports. Thank you very much and have a good week.